Hello, Forever Family. My name's Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor. I want to start this morning off by reading a little bit from Matthew chapter uh, 28. In verse 20, which is the very last verse, the very last sentence, Jesus is saying, I'm always with you until the end of ages. Now, in this chapter, Jesus has risen from the tomb. It's resurrection morning. Mary and Mary Magdalene have gone to the tomb. There was a violent earthquake that just shook everything because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. The angel rolled the stone back and sat there. He was sitting on the stone. So let me just stop right there. Have you ever had God reveal something to you and then wait for your reaction? You see, in recovery, when you're in recovery, we go through a step study. And sometimes it takes up to nine months to go through these 25 lessons. And you do it with your sponsor and your accountability team and your trusted small group. In this group, God will bring things to the surface that often we have suppressed. And we suppress it because it brought great trauma into our lives. You know, I think about the angel rolling the stone back and then sitting there. It was to bring revelation. There was great trauma when they watched Jesus be crucified. I know there's so many times in our lives we have seen truth be crucified. And it's kind of like, it's as if to say, no matter what mankind is doing, God has the final say. No matter how someone may be gossiping about you or telling lies, God sees everything. No matter how people may try to break you down with guilt and shame, God is the only true judge. And now sometimes God will reveal stuff in our lives that, that may be causing um, toxic reactions or trauma in the lives of others. In other words, God will reveal things that we need to confess and we need to repent of. And we need to stop worrying about others and what they think and what they say and just let God handle it. Because no matter what, everything we do, we do it before an audience of one. And that's Yahweh. You know, they say, oh, there's two sides to every story. No, there's three. There's this person's side, this person's side, and then God's side. So it goes on to say the angel's appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear. But the angel told the women, do not be afraid because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified and he's not here. I think many times in our lives, we run back to the thing or the person that there was no real life there. There was no real vibrance there. We run back because it's known to us. You know, in recovery, we say you have to change your playgrounds and your playmates because let's admit it, we've all been in places and around people where there's only darkness present. There was only a presence of just death looming. And I know it's hard to change. 
I've had people say, well, why does she go back to an abusive relationship? Well, I'll tell you why. Because she knows how long the anger is going to last. She knows how long the bruises are going to last. She knows how long the fighting is going to last. But she has been groomed to believe that no one else will love her. So she doesn't feel worthy enough to seek out true love. She just remains in this twisted version of toxic lust that's called love. And don't get me wrong, same thing goes for men. Men can be abused by women also, so don't get me wrong. But that is all the enemy can do to us is give us toxic, abusive, lustful, twisted version of love. That's because the enemy is very selfish. Now, if we jump forward to verse 9, it says, Just then Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came and took him. They, they came and took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. And again, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. You see, I've spoken to so many people that have had experience with Jesus and when they tell others about their encounter, others will often go to the exact same spot and try to recreate what they were told about. And so when they don't experience Jesus, then they dismiss the original encounter. They dismiss it and they call that person a liar. Jesus will meet you where you hit your knees and repent of your heart. Every single person is a little bit different because we have different things we have to repent of our heart. We have different moments in our life when we're like, Jesus, I need you. I can't keep doing this. I've got to have change. And then we fast forward a little bit to verse 16 of this chapter. And we see the 11 disciples are traveling to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He tells his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't make a disciple if you're not a disciple yourself. You can't tell somebody how to get in recovery and walk out recovery if you're not in recovery yourself. And when I say recovery, I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about recovery from abuse, from grief, from abandonment, from anger, from gambling, from you name it. And then the scripture also says, go and baptize them. Baptize, that is publicly declaring, I believe in Jesus. I'm changing my ways. I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm giving everything I've got to, to the Spirit. But then Jesus tells them to remember that he's with them to the end of ages. This is not just a reminder. This is a very powerful promise. It's a covenant. It's Jesus saying, I won't leave you. I won't throw you away. I'm here with you. So think about it like this. I'm from the South, so we're going to look at this from a viewpoint of a football game. If we're all standing on the sidelines and we see there's players on the field and there's someone standing beside us telling us, you're not fast enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough to step on that field and join the game. So you need to stand right here. Has anybody in their life had somebody be so negative? Um, I'm raising my hand over here. 
I've constantly had somebody tell me I'm not enough in everything I tried to strive for. I was okay with falling down. I was okay with stumbling. I was okay with failing. But I had somebody tell me, you're never going to be enough. Oftentimes that comes because that person telling you is too afraid to step forward. So they don't want you stepping forward. So now as we're looking at the field and there's someone motioning for us to step on the field. Someone's on the field going, come on, step in bounds, come on. And each time we go to cross that white sideline, like on the football field, right before our foot's going to cross it, that person beside us starts telling us again, you're not fast enough, you're not strong enough, you're not smart enough to step in this game. That person whispering negativity is the enemy. And let's be honest, sometimes people are a tool of the enemy when they're doing that. They're too afraid themselves. They don't want you to step on. They may not even realize they're being a tool of the enemy. But the enemy doesn't want us to step on the field because he knows we will find power. The reason we'll find power is because the Holy Spirit is the one that's motioning, motioning us to step onto the field. You see, Jesus is not going to come to the sidelines and pick us up and set our feet in bounds inside the white line. He even told the disciples. He told Peter, come to me. Peter jumps out of the boat and says, Jesus, if this is you, I'm coming. You, you give me the word, I'm coming. And he says, come. Jesus didn't go get him, pick him up out of the boat. We have to step across that line. The enemy knows he loses power over us the minute we step in bounds. The other players on the field are like the disciples. God is like the referee in the field, observing every move, watching everything. Jesus is just inside the white line and he's coaching the players. The Holy Spirit's like the quarterback, calling the plays for the disciples, us, and the disciples, us, are running the plays. As long as the enemy can keep you separated from others, he has control. Once you step in bounds, you're surrounded by a heavenly kingdom team. I like to call them my tribe. I do believe it takes a, a, a village. But they are the ones who will help you, support you, hold you accountable, mentor you, and eventually you will soon become a mentor to someone else. Sharing Jesus with someone else the way it was shared with you. But the promise of Jesus is still as powerful and true today as it was when he appeared to the disciples. If you hear nothing else today, I want to encourage you to step in bounds. Join the kingdom team because you are a valuable part of God's kingdom. Before we close this time together, I, I really feel compelled to pray over you. Let's pray. We call on the mighty name of Yahweh. You are our provider, our God, our strength. Our lungs fill every day with breath because you give it to us. Gracious Lord, I pray for the person hearing this message. I pray for their hearts to receive clarity and wisdom in every decision facing them. I pray for their minds to be open to see the world through your eyes. I pray for their mouths to only speak the words you've given them. So the enemy cannot use them to hurt others. 
I pray for healing over them and their family. I pray for an encounter with you that will encourage them to step across that white line and step inbounds into the field because I know the enemy cannot cross that line. The enemy has boundaries set by you. I pray that your protection will keep them from becoming a target of the enemy and their faith walk will glorify you in all they do. May their life be like a walking billboard for kingdom living. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Christ. Amen. So until next time, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action and cross that white line and get inbounds in the game. So until next time, much agape, everybody.